Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. Hi, I'm John Weeks, and this is the Evening Standards Tech and Science Daily. We're marking the release of the third and final film in the Jurassic World series, Jurassic World Dominion. If our world's going to survive, what matters is what we do now. The film sees the return of three main characters from the original Jurassic Park movie, played by Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern and Sam Neill, who are now living on a planet overrun with dinosaurs. Genetic power has now been unleashed. We made a terrible mistake. But what might it be like if we actually were to live alongside them? Plus, we're going to find out about the Cretaceous period and how the climate then helps us understand our own climate today. Joe Bonser, the Natural History Museum's resident dino expert, joins me now to discuss the movies and what might happen if we actually lived with dinosaurs. So Joe, can you give us some examples of dinos we could feasibly live alongside? So I think we see historically humans don't work that well with really large, what we call megafauna, the really big animals. There's evidence of, you know, us hunting them down and things like that. But I think some of the smaller herbivores, so iguanodon, maybe even up to sort of a stegosaurus and a, and a triceratops, we could definitely live with them. They'd probably just mind their own business and go around eating grass and ferns and things. And I guess it's the T-Rex and Velociraptors we really need to stay clear of, right? Yeah, so the Velociraptors are known for their hunting in packs. Uh, They are usually kind of sort of two or three of them working together. But if you kind of make eye contact with one, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's where the attack's going to come from. They often will attack from behind or the sides and use another Velociraptor to sort of distract you. They're very good ambush predators. And T-Rex is this giant apex predator. It's about eight or nine meters long. It's about three or four meters tall at the hips. It's got a mouth full of teeth that are the size of bananas. You'll probably hear it coming, growling at you. Low rumbling, really intimidating bass noise, kind of like a a crocodile or an alligator might make. And uh, yeah, it'd be really intimidating to see. Some of the dinosaurs in the film are from very different eras. 
Is it realistic for them to fight as they do in the movies if they were just dumped on the planet at the same time? Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, the fact that these have all been just thrown into the mix together, especially these big predators, they'd have all been really, really territorial and would have wanted to defend their turf to the death. Um, so you see that that would probably happen if they were in a, a group of their own kind as well. So you throw in some different uh, dinosaurs into the mix and they definitely wouldn't react in a friendly way, I think. They obviously don't know what time they're, they're from originally and this would just be this terrifying, scary world for them where they're not in a position of power. So there would definitely be some, some big fights. And obviously they've all lived in quite dramatically different climates to ours. Can you give us an idea of how different they were and what kind of climate, if any, they could survive in today? The climate of the world was a lot hotter than it is today. There was uh, several times more carbon dioxide in the air, which we know today is a bad thing and that raises global temperatures. So I think the fact that these are all genetically engineered, you could get around that issue and you could alter their DNA so they could maybe adapt better to being in this, this current climate. But what we do see is when animals in zoos, for example, are raised in a particular climate maybe that they're not originally from, they are able to adapt to an extent. So, you know, you, you can have polar bears in non-polar environments, for example. They might not have a great time, but because you've not removed them from that original habitat, they tend to cope quite well. And you mentioned carbon dioxide before. I was going to ask if they'd cope with the amount of carbon pollution in the air at the moment, but I suppose that actually suits them better, does it? Kind of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, we're, we're kind of heading in that direction, it seems, at the minute. So uh, our levels of, of CO2, carbon dioxide, are increasing as well. So you never know, we might end up with a, a world in which they're better suited. But they'd have still have been the same kind of roughly the same amounts of the other gases that we breathe in the atmosphere as well. So they could probably have, if you were to remove one directly from the Cretaceous to now, they might not have the best time, but they'd probably still be able to survive at least because ultimately they're still breathing oxygen in a nitrogen-based atmosphere. So they'd be okay, I think. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So do you think they would migrate if they were dropped on the planet today? Yeah, I mean, we have lots of evidence of large amounts, uh, so big herds of dinosaurs moving long distances. We find long footprint trails of groups of different ages suggesting a herd. 
We can also reconstruct where the continents were in the past. So all the continents have been moving around on Earth into different configurations over geological time. And if we recreate the positions that they were in, we can find links between them based on the fossils. So for example, South America and Africa used to be connected until they started to move apart. On the border of each of those uh, continents, we find the same fossils. So moving on to the science, Joe, can you tell us how we can use what we already know about the climate in dinosaur times to help us understand our climate today? Yeah, basically we can really quite accurately reconstruct the climate of the geological past. So we can take cores from ice, for example, and we can track the different amounts of oxygen and other gases that would have been present at various times as this ice has been formed. And we can then use that to sort of reconstruct what the temperatures were like, what sea level was like. If we correlate those data, temperature, sea level, things like that, with different types of fossil that we find. So if we suddenly notice a temperature increase and the amount of fossils drops away, we know that that was probably an extinction and maybe the, the climate was a, a factor in that extinction. So it's all by combining all the different types of data that we have. So the amount of fossils we can find, including tiny little shells that we find in the sea, matching that with the data we have and sort of just extrapolating that back through time. We can really accurately um, plot the course of the climate over the last sort of 60 million years at least. And the concept behind the Jurassic Park films is of using dino DNA from mosquitoes to bring them back. Is there any chance we could see that technology in the future? DNA doesn't really survive that well. It doesn't last long in the fossil record. And the oldest sort of semi-reliable, decent DNA you can get is in the thousands of years. And after a period of time, it, it starts to degrade and break down. And unfortunately, anything older than sort of the mammoths, we really would struggle to extract any good usable DNA from. So the dinosaurs are obviously a magnitude older than that. They're in the millions of years. And current understanding is that no DNA could survive. I think um, the, the concept of the DNA is unfortunately uh, not, not reality, I'm afraid. <laughs> That was Joe Bonser, paleontologist from the Natural History Museum. For the latest news, come back at 4pm for the Leader Podcast. We'll be back on Monday at 1pm. See you then. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.